Hey everybody, welcome to the Feminization Boudoir Podcast for our glorious season number eight. I am your host, Kylie Gable, and I have to admit right off the bat, eh, I really don't like how I decided to uh, number our seasons. We have two seasons every year, which makes it kind of confusing. Um, season one is the one that goes from this time, December 1st, until May First and season two goes from June first until November first. So even though we've got eight seasons, we do not have eight years of programming. Um, I am actually waiting right now with bated breath. Does that mean my breath smells like bait? I hope not. Anyway, I'm waiting with bated breath for Shayla, who is just finishing up this week's audio, which is entitled. Surprise, Sissification, and it's the fifth part of the series. And after this, the entire series will now be complete. We actually tried to um, broadcast this particular audio in my second-to-last show of last season, and it had a weird glitch that was causing all sorts of garbled uh, audio. So I didn't think it was up to our usual standards, and then we held it back, and uh, Shayla re-recorded it. So I have been fighting the battle of all battles with an army of mice who have descended on my house. And today was a big, big battle. Chance has killed one and a half mice. Tango has killed one and a half mice. I've killed five. And today the traps from the exterminator have killed another seven. He doesn't think there's more than 20, but man, I am getting so tired of screeching in the middle of the night. I don't think screeching is the word I'm looking for. That's like a yell. That's like what I do when I see a mouse running across my kitchen. Um, But anyway, um, I'm getting really tired of the noises mice are making. And Chance and Tango have been really actually enjoying themselves hunting the mice. But okay, without further ado, here is part five of Surprise Sissification. The story of a lonely man who meets one of the bullies who feminized him in high school and unfortunately falls right into the same trap again. So, surprise specification number five, as written by me and as read by Shayla Aspasia. Surprise specification part five, written by Kylie Gable and Claudia Acosta. We're going to have so much fun tonight, said Nikki. Aren't we? Yes, Mistress Nikki, said both the sissies dutifully. They weren't exactly convincing. Let's get you untied and bring you out to the living room so we can do introductions. Introductions? asked Nick. Nothing for you to worry about, Selena. Just give me your wrist so I can undo them, said Nikki. Soon Nikki had both sissies untied and was leading them back out to the living room. They dreaded what the girls had in store for them next, but they barely even noticed the sissies returning from the bedroom. Instead, all the guests had their attention focused on what appeared to be a new sissy. He was in mid-makeover, and Lana and Kat 
were forcing a padded bra onto his hairless chest, against his will. He was bound to a chair, but they were still having a hard time with his transformation, despite his supposedly helpless state. Remember when you used to fight us like that? asked Nicky rhetorically. Yes, we were wrong to do so, Mistress Nicky, said Tom. Yes, you were. Jerry used to know better, but I guess that's what happens when a sissy is let free too long, replied Nicky. Jerry, exclaimed Tom. Wait, Jerry? added Nick. Both sissies were shocked. Yeah, it's like a big reunion. All the old sissies are back together, said Nicky. Also, don't call him Jerry. It's Jenny now. Right. Of course, responded Tom. Tom's eyes met with Jerry's, and Jerry stopped struggling momentarily. Tom could tell Jerry was spooked. But wasn't clear if it was because he recognized his old friend, or because he realized he wasn't the only sissy here. For whatever reason, things just got much more serious for Jerry. That's it, said Melissa. Just let us take care of everything. It'll go much easier for you. You're not getting me back in a dress, spat Jerry. Come on, said Melissa. You know better than that. You don't honestly believe we can't do this. Let me go, demanded Jerry. I bet you'll feel better after a nice, warm bubble bath, said Nikki, chiming in. She had ignored Tom and Nick to go help with Jerry. What do we do, asked Tom. What can we do, replied Nick. If they focus on him, maybe maybe they'll leave us alone. He's our friend. We've got to try, said Tom. This isn't high school anymore, replied Nick. I haven't seen him in years. The two sissies watched helplessly as their old friend was pushed into the bathroom by Lana and Nikki. Amber, Cat, and Melissa would be the ones doing most of the feminizing. But the other two? somewhat tougher girls, would make sure Jerry didn't put up too big of a fight. You're not thinking of leaving or anything, called out Amber at Tom and Nick. Yeah, you wouldn't want us to have to hunt you down, would you? asked Lana. Why don't you entertain our guest, said Melissa. Tom could see the professional photographer snapping pictures of him and his date Matt at the homecoming dance. This whole night was being saved for posterity and Tom's future humiliation and blackmail. The girls were sure to get pictures of Tom and Matt together, as well as one of Tom posing in a demure feminine posture. All three pictures wound up in the scrapbook that Melissa 
had been keeping of Tom since his forced feminization to Kaylee had first begun. Tom and Matt danced together a lot that night, and Matt was actually not a bad dancer, despite being a jock. Exhausted, they joined everybody back at the table, and when they sat down, Tom immediately snuggled up to Matt until he began to put his arm around him. He noticed Amber giving him an approving nod across the table. Matt sniffed Tom's hair, which probably smelled as floral as any girl's there. He held his hand, and he stared at Tom intensely. It made Tom uncomfortable, and he began to wonder if Matt might notice something. Finally, Nikki suggested that the guys go and get them some soft drinks. You two make a seriously cute couple, said Kat. Oh, definitely, responded Melissa. I think they'll be seeing a lot of each other. Hey, the deal was just the homecoming, said Tom. Well, that's the problem, said Nikki. What is? asked Tom. Well, you got a fabulous limo ride, and you get some really nice arm candy. But what's in it for Matt? asked Amber. I didn't want to go out with him, said Tom. He asked me out. Hmm, said Cat. If only there was something else you could do to make it worth his while. If only, responded Lana. Hey, hold on there, said Tom. He's a guy, I'm a guy. There are some lines that even you will never force me to cross. I'm not giving him a blowjob or anything, if that's what you're thinking. Well, that's totally your choice, said Melissa. We certainly would never make you. I would, said Lana. Come on, pleaded Tom. We never mentioned that, said Amber. Funny that you did, though, Miss Cayley, said Cat, raising an eyebrow. Slut! She coughed as the girls giggled. The choice is yours, said Tanya. Nobody will make you, but you will be spending all summer with Matt as your boyfriend. It's all up to you. I can't, said Tom. Again, that's up to you, repeated Melissa. Oh, look, the boys are back with our drinks, said Nikki. Wonderful, said Melissa as she took a Coke from Jake. What thoughtful dates we all have. Thank you, said Tom, as he kissed Matt on the cheek. Tom found it so humiliating to be on display. Being out on a date was tough, but having the girls insist that he showed genuine affection toward Matt was much tougher. Matt was still clueless. At least, but that meant he just assumed Kaylee was really into him. Tom was barely half done with his drink when he caught sight of Melissa motioning with her neck towards the dance floor. He knew what that meant. Even though he wasn't thrilled about it, Tom turned to Matt and sweetly told him, That's my favorite song. Would you like to dance? 
Sure. What is the song anyway? asked Matt. I'm not really sure, replied Tom, as he led him to the dance floor. Unfortunately for Tom, 20 seconds after they started dancing, the song ended and the slow, romantic song started. Even as he felt Matt's hand placed on the small of his back, he knew what the girls were going to do. They were going to get plenty of pictures of this and probably video as well. I hope you're enjoying yourself, said Matt. I am so happy that you agreed to go to homecoming with me. I'm just happy you asked, said Tom. I want you to know I don't want to pressure you on tonight with the after party or anything, said Matt. We, we can just chill and spend some quality time together. After party, asked Tom, suddenly very alarmed. Well, yeah, after the homecoming, we're going up to let her hair down a little. Have some real fun, said Matt. You knew about that, right? Oh, sure I did, lied Tom. I knew all about it. Great, said Matt. We'll take this nice and slow. I'm not one of those guys. I won't ask you to do anything you don't want to do. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate that, said Tom. It'll just be great to have some time alone with you and get to know you better, added Matt. Of course, the girls had many dominant women friends who absolutely loved the sissies. Humiliation and debasement? They knew just how humiliating performing in front of them must be for former wannabe alpha males like Tom and Nick. But the women had male friends who were equally enraptured. The sissies mingled with the crowd as they were told to, and it became very clear that some of the guys may have been interested in more than just seeing the sissies this one time. In fact, Melissa and her friends had taken notes of what guys seemed to find what sissies most sexy. Melissa had even pointed out some of the men to her when they first arrived. There was Pete, who had his own investment firm, Cat's friend David, who was very flamboyant and bisexual. He was an artist who never had any trouble betting anybody he wanted of either gender. Finally, Andy probably seemed a bit blue-collar compared to most of the guys there, but he owned a trucking company and was a charmer with rugged good looks, not to mention a 10-inch cock that got quite a workout with the girls and their friends. If any of them were in the mood for buying a sissy, Tom had no doubt that the girls would actually sell their sissies to these guys. The only thing at the party that the women planned out was the sissy game. Having them perform for the crowd was just expected part of any of their parties. Looking around, there were three pair of handcuffs, three penis gags, three dildos, and a wide array of sex toys that Tom didn't even recognize. 
What do we do? asked Tom. I have no idea, but I'd really suggest flirting. Just avoid any guys that look like they want to make a purchase, suggested Nick. Right, that's a good idea. Tom made his way towards a statuesque woman with her golden blonde hair and a high ponytail and a skin-tight latex catsuit covering her perfect body. As soon as they began talking, Tom regretted it. He thought with his dick instead of looking at the most sympathetic face. Hi, said Tom awkwardly. Oh, my, she said. Is there a problem? Not for me, there isn't, but you're the cutest one yet. There's going to be such a bidding war for you, said the blonde woman. I hope not, said Tom. Hope all you want, but you are stunning and easily disciplined, too, it looks like. You will make somebody a fine sissy maid. Personally, I'd be flirting with Andy if I were you. I'm not going to flirt with any guys. Pity, she said. But then again, a lot of guys like the hard-to-get type. You do you. You know, Andy's going to be all over this one, said Blonde, turning to Pete. All over who? asked Peter. Don't be coy with me, Pete. I can see the way you're looking at this amazing sissy. What's your name again? It's Kaylee, said Tom, curtsying in the way that the girls had taught him many years ago. Where did you come from? he asked. Where do any of their sissies come from? replied the blonde. I think she was a classmate or something. One thing's for sure. They do have an eye for talents. And one day they realized they were going to school with a budding sissy. Of course not, Pete, she said. I bet she tried to fight tooth and nail. How did that go, Kaylee? Well, Tom began, but he was too embarrassed to admit what a total failure he had been at fighting back. I think you can see for yourself. Don't ask silly questions. It's beneath you. However, if you're interested, she can be had, the woman told him. She likes men now? Let's just say she likes keeping her mistress happy, replied the woman. Always a good idea, he replied. Tom smiled at him. Somehow the leather-clad woman had maneuvered him into a very awkward situation. If he was cold to Peter, he'd get in trouble with the girls. But if he flirted with him, he was encouraging the wealthy man to make an offer to buy him. As the woman left, Tom didn't know if the situation had improved or went from bad to worse. So you have your own firm? asked Tom. I don't want to bore you with a lot of business talk, said Peter. It's all so complicated. All you need to know is that it's how I'm able to afford and keep a woman like you happy. I'm not exactly a conventional woman, said Tom. I'm not exactly a conventional man, replied Peter. I had better go mingle, said Tom nervously. 
He did not want this guy falling for him. He had to be at least 20 years older than him, and he didn't seem to like the type who took no for an answer. Tom realized just how humiliating the pictures that the girls were getting of him with his head on another guy's shoulder at homecoming could be. That'd actually be more mortifying for Matt, too, if anybody found out. As Matt and Tom spun around on the dance floor, Tom could see the big grin on Nikki's face as she snapped picture after picture. Even Melissa couldn't resist blowing him a humiliating kiss. He was sure Tom had no idea why. By the time Matt and Tom sat down again, they were tired. It took a lot to dance in those heels, and Tom was giving it his all. He remembered the warning the girls had given him about being affectionate with his date. So Tom made sure to kiss Matt when the girls were all watching. It wasn't a deep, open-mouth kiss. It wasn't even a particularly passionate kiss. But it was definitely romantic. And Tom could tell by the way he returned it that Matt was quite happy to receive it. You guys really make a cute couple, said Cat's date. Now, how about a drink? Dude, Matt doesn't drink. Just back off, said Amber's date, rolling his eyes. No, it's okay, replied Matt. He looked around carefully to make sure he wasn't being watched and put his hand out for Drew's flask. As Matt took a deep swig, Tom warned him, Don't drink too much now. I don't want you all sleepy or sloppy on me. Across the floor, Tom could see his sister Christine dancing with her date. They looked so happy and carefree. He wished that he could enjoy himself at times like these, but he had bigger problems, like making sure that Matt kept his distance and alcohol really wouldn't help. I should go to the bathroom, said Amber. As all the girls got up to go, it took Tom a moment to realize that he was expected to accompany them. They waited patiently outside the door of the restroom to clear out, and then Amber and all her friends filed in. Amber did, in fact, go into the stall, but everybody else was busy preening and doing their makeup. Let me see your face, said Melissa, as she grabbed Tom by the chin and turned his head from side to side. Not bad. You just need a little touch-up. No major reconstruction needed. I thought you said you were going to be affectionate with Matt, said Lana. You've been acting like an ice princess all night. I've been trying. I've been kissing and hugging him and everything. We slow danced. The only thing I haven't done is jump his bones right here, protested Tom. Now that you mention it, that's not a bad idea, said Nikki. He hasn't been a cold fish exactly, said Kat, surprisingly. Thank you, replied Tom. You just need to be a bit more expressive. You're going through the motions, but a guy knows when there's no passion to it, explained Kat. You do just what you've been doing and act like you're enjoying it, and we won't have a problem. 
But I have been acting like I enjoy it, pleaded Tom. You're just going through the motions, and if I can see it, he can too, said Cat. What about this after-party thing, asked Tom. Yes, we're going out with the guys after the dance, said Melissa. I didn't know anything about this, said Tom. Relax, said Melissa. I packed you an overnight bag. But nobody told me, complained Tom. Since when have we had to ask your permission, asked Lana rhetorically. The girls returned back to their dates. Cat took the opportunity to whisper in Tom's ear. Remember, we want to see passion. The guys were gentlemen and stood when their dates returned and held their chairs for them. Tom and the girls all sat down in the most feminine and sexy way they could. It would not do for attractive young ladies to plop down into their chairs like cowboys or something. Did you miss me? asked Tom coyly. Yeah, I did, said Matt, as he sat down in his own chair. Tom reached over, and in his mind he envisioned Melissa sitting in Matt's chair. He grabbed Matt's chin, just as Melissa had done to his face earlier on. Instead of inspecting it, he pulled his day close and gave him the most passionate, moist, and sensuous kiss he had ever experienced. Even Matt had no idea what had gotten into him. He couldn't help but shake a little bit after. On the corner of his eye, he caught Cat nodding, but all the girls were both pleased and astonished. Somehow, he had tapped into something, and Matt was in awe. So that is Shayla Spazia getting our eighth season off of the Big Bang with her reading of Surprise Sissification number five. Please look for it on Clips for Sale. And um, I believe next week we will have Mistress DJ doing her reading of my yearly Hallmark Christmas story, which from last year it was called The Picture of Christmas. Don't worry, it's got all the feminization, all the female domination that you would expect from one of my stories. It just does it with the tropes of a Hallmark Christmas. Uh, in fact, the, the cover of the book has a guy and a girl in the perfect Hallmark pose, except the guy has a ball gag in his mouth and makeup on his face. It's my type of story. It's just, it's like if I wrote Hallmark Christmas movies. Let's put it that way. Anyway... Thank you for tuning in. Welcome back. I'm sure this is going to be a great season, and I appreciate each and every one of you. Um, a special shout-out to Arnie and Sissy Brenda and Kat for remembering my birthday. That was really sweet, and it really meant a lot. Anyway, I will be back next week, and I hope you will be too. Take care.